Welcome to Growing Farms and Families with Adam and Kelly, where their goal is to help you successfully enrich your farming enterprise while cultivating family health and well-being. Now, here's your hosts, Adam Huber and Kelly Burgess. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Growing Farms and Families podcast with Adam and Kelly. Uh, My name is Kelly Burgess. I'm the Family Consumer Sciences Agent here at the Allen County Cooperative Extension Service with University of Kentucky. And I'm Adam Huber, Agriculture and Natural Resources Extension here at the Extension Office uh, in Allen County. Well, um, a couple weeks ago, we had a discussion about setting some SMART goals for the new year. That's right. Getting our financial and physical fitness back on track for the new year in hopefully some realistic ways. Uh, But today we have more of kind of another uh, beginning of the year type preparation type topic, but a little more in the agriculture vein this time. So this episode will look a little bit more like me interviewing Adam. but anyways, we both have some input on this a little bit. So. Right, yeah, it kind of covers both of our, our expertise areas, I, I guess yeah, you could say. definitely. So we are talking today about getting ready for your garden, which you might be thinking, hold on a second, it's January. Isn't it a little early to be thinking about it's this? It's still snowing outside. What are you talking about, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's it is definitely not too early to start planning now. And we have some right. great steps to share with you that are things that will keep you busy this time of year. That way, later on, when it is time to, when everybody else is thinking about it, you'll already have your plan. That's right. Yeah. <clears throat> and, you know, uh, like I said, you know, it is January right now. Um, and it's definitely not too early to start thinking about your garden because, mm-hmm. you know, if you want to do your garden and do it the right way, it yeah. takes a lot of preparation and, and planning before you actually go out and just put your seed in the ground, you know. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you got to, there's a lot of, a lot of steps to it. Uh, and, and, you know, that's what we'll kind of go over, go yeah. over today. Um, but the first thing, you know, that you need to do is, is plan your garden on, on a piece of paper. You know, okay. we need to go out, whatever, whether it's a container garden, whether it's, you know, you, you got a, a little piece of land behind your house, you know, that you mm-hmm. normally put a garden in or even or, some raised beds. Right. Yeah. Um, you, you just need to kind of plan that out on paper um, and, and select the, you know, the vegetables or whatever the whatever it is that you're going to grow in your garden, you know, mm-hmm. select those varieties uh, and and so on. But definitely putting pen to paper. You know, even measuring out the area of yeah, the definitely. the space that you're going to be utilizing, mm-hmm. um, just to make sure that you've got enough room for what you're going to grow mm-hmm. uh, and things like that. And so that's definitely the first step is to go out, look at your area that you're going to plant mm-hmm. your garden in, get get your measure, measuring tape if you you need to if you've got limited space, you know, right, and, and just kind of go from there and you know draw that out on the paper, put definitely. where you're going to put your tomatoes, your your beans or, you mm-hmm. know, whatever you're going to grow. Um, and so whenever you, it does come to planting day, you've got that written down and you can go by, by you your plan know. and, and you don't have to, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's pretty, it flows pretty, pretty smoothly. Yes. And I'll throw in too. Um, we'll, we'll talk more details about how you figure out those things that we're telling you to plan for on paper. Uh, but a lot of the information that we're sharing today comes from one of our, it's a really awesome publication <clears throat> from the UK Extension Service. Uh, the, the technical name, if you want to look it up, is ID 128 or 128. 
Mm -hmm. um, but it is Home <clears throat> Vegetable Gardening in Kentucky. Right. So this publication has so much great information. If you're like me, I like to see things on paper. Sometimes when I look at things on online, it, I just get a little bogged down. So um, if you live in a county in Kentucky, uh, visit your local extension office. <clears throat> if you're here in Allen County, come see us. Mm -hmm. We'd be happy to provide you with one of these publications. That way you can do, uh, you know, have your own reference right. guide at home too. And if you're not, <clears throat> and if you're not in Kentucky, mm -hmm. you can go online. Mm -hmm. um, you can, you can just Google it, uh, yeah. type in ID128 University of Kentucky. Mm -hmm. um, and then the, the name of the, uh, the publication home vegetable gardening in, in Kentucky and you can find that and mm. you can print that out yeah. and the good thing about this uh, this publication here is it doesn't really go into like really technical like yes. terminology and information like that it's it's really easy uh, to comprehend mm -hmm. uh, if you don't if you're, if you're new to gardening and don't really yeah. know all the terms and this and that and the other mm -hmm. um it, it's very it's very user friendly and it's made for small <clears throat> scale right. smaller scale for home too mm -hmm. I can say personally I grabbed one last year and used it uh I just have some containers on my porch if you've listened for a while I've talked about it before <laughs> right but um it helped me it has sections in there for raised beds in containers and in ground so mm -hmm. it really has don't feel like it's not going to be for you if you have a small space it really has everything you need right and it, and it pretty much goes through every everything that you're going to need to know from starting from your plan mm -hmm. you know plan your garden all the way to your planting dates, your seed varieties, yes. your uh, your pesticides and stuff that you may want to use, mm -hmm. um, and insects, diseases, it's got everything in yeah, it. Yeah, how much space to plan for right. each item and all that good yep. stuff. What it, it, it even tells you like <clears throat> what will do good in a container. Right. Like for example, mm -hmm. I was trying to decide what all I was going to plant last year. And I had a couple other thoughts of things that I thought, well, this would be really cool to plant. But I looked and it said, hey, usually these don't do well in containers. So I was like, right. well, I'm not going to waste my time doing that. Right. So yep. anyways, but not to derail too much. So one of the other pieces of information that you can find in this publication that we'll talk a little bit about today is selecting your site. Right. So Adam, what kind of things do we need to be thinking about when we're choosing our location? Yeah, so site selection is, is definitely very important whenever you're talking about putting out a garden. Um, well, a garden or either even a container garden, like mm -hmm. a raised bed or uh, even just containers that you're going to, yeah. uh, you know, put your your vegetables in, mm -hmm. um, you know, whenever we're talking about doing like a conventional garden, which would be like in a field, mm -hmm. a field setting, um, you want to put those gardens in areas that are not too wet. Okay. And they're not like too dry, if that makes sense. Gotcha. So uh, not like your low lying right. uh, dip in yeah. your yard. You want to you want to you want to plant those on flat areas. Okay. Um, and and just make sure that you know if there's run, water runoff or whatever mm -hmm. that it's not really puddling up in in, where, in your garden area. Gotcha. Um, <clears throat> make sure that it's full sun. Okay. Or, or mostly sun if you you mm -hmm. know some some places may not have the option of full sun but mm -hmm. if it the more sun the better yeah. um you know you don't want it being under a bunch of trees and, and be shaded out or you're not going to grow anything because there's not enough sunlight okay. uh, to get to your plants and there's also I, I feel like i remember you saying last year there's something about how you orient your rows in the directions right like the compass directions mm -hmm. That you want it to be well i'll let you say yeah you remember. can yeah the best way is, is to plant those north and south uh okay. your groves north and south because the way the sun is coming from uh -huh. uh, the east to the west you're going to get full sun okay. all day um and you're not going to have anything uh shaded out 
per, per se. Mm -hmm. um, depending on, and it also depends on what you're planting too. Yeah. You know, uh, if you're planting corn, uh, you know, it gets, you know, six foot tall um, and you've got tomatoes beside of it or, mm -hmm. you know, or, or like uh, squash, this yeah. uh, vining crop. You know, right. if you got your rows oriented the wrong way mm -hmm. during the afternoon, the the sun's gonna it's gonna shade your yeah squash. it's gonna shade your yeah. squash out because the corn's too tall. Gotcha. So, so just make sure that you, you yeah know, plan plan accordingly to what mm -hmm. you're going to be growing. Yeah, especially if there's that height differential. Right. Okay, so selecting our site, we got that. Here's some some food for thought we have. What about all of our materials and our seeds mm -hmm. or our transplants? I mean making a garden can turn into a little bit of an investment. Right. Uh, so we want to make sure that we know what we need and that we purchase the right things. Right. Yeah. So definitely if you're, if you're going to be ordering, um, it, it all depends on what size garden and stuff that you're going to plant. Mm -hmm. um, and if it depends on if you're going to grow your own transplants or how you're going to, you know, it depends on what, what you're going to do, what your plan yeah. is. So Ordering early if you can, uh, especially if you're planting seeds, um, getting those ordered early is definitely beneficial because a lot of, you know, growers that are growing transplants to sell to individuals, you know, they're ordering bulks orders right. um during like right now right and, and they're, before now. they're probably starting some of those transplants either now or really soon i guess right yeah if they're doing it from seed for you to purchase as a transplant right yeah it depends on yeah it depends on what what their goals are too mm -hmm. um but yeah if you order now mm -hmm. then you're guaranteed well depend on what your <laughs> depends on what's what company you order for yeah. but you're guaranteed that pretty much that you're going to get your seeds in time to, mm -hmm. to plant. And, and that's another thing too, whenever you're ordering stuff, ordering seed, you need to make sure that you're ordering good quality seed. Okay. Um, so, you know, that's, there's a, several really good companies that you can find mm -hmm. online. Um, okay. And, you know, there's people that, you know, they've got the ratings or whatever on okay. uh, the seeds and stuff. And even in the publication, it has some information about what varieties tend to do well in Kentucky. Mm -hmm. So that can be helpful too, if you're trying to decide which green beans right. <laughs> you want. Right. Yeah. But definitely if you're going to be, uh, uh, you know, planting, uh, mm -hmm. say a larger amount right. or early, or if you're doing like a specialty crop, like mums or, mm -hmm. you know, something like that, pumpkins, even pumpkins, mm -hmm. um, order that stuff really early because it goes quickly yeah. um and you know you don't want to be a month away from planting season and you haven't ordered your your materials yet right um, because more than likely there's gonna be a limited supply mm -hmm. and that goes even to say like if we were going to do mums it's just mm -hmm. that'd be our example here so with mums you got to order pots you got to order soil you got to order your fertilizer um and then of course the the mum transplants Mm -hmm. And so that's a lot of different material yeah, that you've got to have. It's not just the seed or the plant itself, <laughs> right. it's everything else. Right. Now, when we're talking about vegetable gardens, it is a little bit different because, mm -hmm. you know, um, like I said, it depends on what you're doing. Right. Um, but there is a possibility there that, you know, you're not getting what you're wanting. Yeah. There's an exact variety that you want or whatever. Right. And I mean, you might even be able to find some things for a better price point this time of right. year rather than waiting till peak season to buy a tomato cage. You mm -hmm. might be able to find some on sale. Right. So. And another thing, too, is if you <clears throat> just say you do order, you know, your stuff, mm -hmm. your your seed and whatnot, and you have some leftover after you've planted, uh -huh. 
you don't have to throw those away. You can put those in the freezer or the refrigerator okay. and keep those cool mm -hmm. throughout the year. And then you can plant those the next spring. Then that's okay. going to save you money on, you yeah. know, purchasing more seed that you don't necessarily have to have. Okay. Awesome. Well, that's super helpful. <clears throat> um, you mentioned the soil a couple of times. So mm -hmm. What do we need to do to get the soil ready? I mean, we can't just go walk out the back door and put a seed in the ground. Right. It does require some preparation on that on the ground. Too. Right. So so right now, like in January, we're we're not going to till our or plow our ground up. Mm -hmm. um, right now, what we need to do is is get our soil samples. That's okay. the most important thing, especially if it's a new area um, that you haven't gardened that you've before. never gardened before. Okay. Um, definitely need to get your soil samples um and even if it is a, a an area that you've you normally put a garden in if you mm -hmm. haven't soil sampled in a couple of years yeah. uh, i recommend every two to three years <clears throat> to okay. sample your soils and basically what you need to do is if you have access to a soil probe like here at our extension office we have soil probes that we loan out to our clients okay. um, you can use a soil probe mm -hmm. um, or you can use a shovel um, and just get you know multiple uh uh cores in in your garden spot okay this is a good, good representation of your soil and then bring that to the extension office and mm -hmm. then we can send that to our lab and then once we get your results back <clears throat> you know if you're needing lime or whatever mm -hmm. uh go ahead and put that down as quickly as possible and then of course wait a little bit longer closer to planting time before you put in some of your fertilizers okay awesome so basically that's a way to save yourself some time and effort down mm -hmm. the line by figuring <clears throat> out ahead of time you know what's deficient what do i need to add right. instead of just guessing and maybe adding extra things that you don't really need to add mm -hmm. or not adding what is needed and right. then having a problem with your crops right. later yeah the that's the <clears throat> the thing that gets uh, overlooked the most i think is soil sampling mm -hmm. uh, if you're going to go to the hard work of, of in preparation of tilling up your ground and planting a garden and buying your seeds and doing all the work mm -hmm. Um, it doesn't make any sense to do all that if you don't have, if you're not giving those plants the right nutrition. Yeah, definitely. Um, okay, awesome. So next we have another consideration, I guess, is mm -hmm. planting the right thing at the right time. That's right. what I was trying to say. Right. <laughs> the right thing at the right time. Yeah. So what, is, what does that mean? Yeah, so basically, you know, we have uh, two different kinds of crops, uh, warm season crops and cool season crops. Mm -hmm. um, during the cool season, which would be like in the fall or early spring is when mm -hmm. you can plant those types of crops. And then your warm season crops is what you see growing throughout the, the summertime, like your, your corn, your watermelons, your squash, cantaloupe, uh, peppers, Pep yeah. <laughs> things like that. That's what you're going to be planting mm -hmm. during that, that warm season, okay. uh, your summer months. Now your, your cool season stuff would be like your brassica types things like kale, broccolis, um, lettuces and things Brussels like sprouts that. Brussels or, sprouts. Yeah. yeah. Different things like that. So you, you definitely don't want to, you, you want to make sure that you know what you're going to plant and mm -hmm. then the plant according to the season that it, it does well in. Yes. And I'll just, I feel like I keep giving plugs <clears throat> for this ID 128 publication, but mm -hmm. um, it does tell you in there, you know, what is the, even it breaks down the state, like West, Central and East, mm -hmm. um, what's the latest date or what date would be good to plant by? Uh, so it kind of tells you for all of those different things. That way, you know, you know, am I too early, too late? Is it more likely to get frosted or, you know, whatever. So, right, right. Um, that, that's super helpful. So, yeah, because I mean, if we plant cool season crops in the summertime, 
it's you know the heat's <laughs> gonna be too much it's not gonna do well right yeah for sure okay I think this one is probably one that most people maybe either struggle with or don't think about in advance mm-hmm. but we really want to <laughs> encourage you don't plant more than you plan to eat and then I added share or preserve. So right, right. <laughs> I'll let Adam talk about the first one and I'll kind of throw in my two cents on the second two. Yeah, that that that's a, a something that you see pretty pretty mm-hmm. common is is that people are planting way too much than yeah. than they can uh, eat themselves or give even give away at times. Yes, because people, you know, it's easy to get super ambitious because you have all these seeds. Mm-hmm. So maybe you feel like you just need to go ahead and plant the whole package. Right. But come July you can't give away a zucchini right. you, and you know this say the average american family is is four in a household mm-hmm. you know if you if you're planting 10 or 10 tomato plants and you've got eight watermelon plants and mm-hmm. four squash plants yeah that's way too much yeah. so like i like you know sometimes you, don't, you just don't realize how much food that, that one plant can produce yeah definitely and so I kind of added the share or preserve thing mm-hmm. because I mean, yes, we can share and you want to allow for some uh, margin, I guess, you know, if one plant dies or whatever, whatever, mm-hmm. you don't want to end up with nothing, right? but um, we don't, you don't want a super overabundance. And so your other option, if you can't eat it all and you don't, you know, if nobody wants to take any of it off your hands for you, right. your other option is to preserve some of your foods, which we know that we can preserve foods by canning, by drying, and by freezing. Right. So uh, the Extension Service also, we provide education and classes on food preservation. Um, of course, some things preserve better than others. You know, we mm-hmm. all think about canning our tomatoes, maybe freezing our corn. So uh, think ahead of time, you know, if I have extra of this, is this something that I can realistically preserve? Right. Do I want to spend the time doing that? Do I have the equipment? Uh you know, because it's easy. To, a lot of people, especially I remember the first summer of COVID, you could not find a canner because right. everybody was into gardening and they mm-hmm. planted too much and they needed to can everything. Right. Uh, which, you know, that's a great option, but just make sure that you have the time yeah. and availability to do that if that's what your plan is. And another option too is if you still still had extra after you, mm-hmm. you know, canned it and ate it and whatever else <laughs> uh, and gave some away yeah. is, you know, you could take it to your join your local farmer's market and, mm-hmm. and, and sell what you have extra. Definitely. It might be an option too. And then, yeah. you know, that's going to bring, maybe pay for your seed for the next growing mm-hmm. season or, or whatever. So that, you yeah. know, maybe a little bit of financial benefit there. For sure. And another idea that I just thought of is, um, you could partner with a local food bank um, or food pantry. Mm-hmm. So sometimes, you know, they get a lot of non-perishable goods, but in the summertime, if there's fresh produce available, uh, that can be a really nice addition to, for, you know, families who are maybe less fortunate and just used to getting those non-perishable items, they might really enjoy some fresh things if you have a local partnership opportunity. Right, right. So I think we're almost finished, but mm-hmm. let's hit one more thing. So right. we also need to think about rotating our crops, especially mm-hmm. if you garden kind of like in the same spot every year, right? right. Yeah, if you if you put your garden in the same spot every mm-hmm. year, um, it's all always a good idea to rotate your your what you're planting. So to say if you're planting tomatoes mm-hmm. you don't want to plant tomatoes in the same spot more than just a couple of years. Okay. You want to you want to. Uh, plant something that's in a different uh, uh family okay so uh tomatoes are in the soliation 
solanaceous <laughs> family yeah and then like <clears throat> your watermelon and cantaloupe and stuff like that are in the cucurbit family okay so you can uh intermix or flip flows yeah. whenever you okay start to plan your garden and that goes back to your planning up here what we yeah. talked about the first you know definitely if you're and the reason for crop rotation is to suppress diseases and pests and pests that you might have in your okay in your whatever it is that you're planting yeah so it's not just to be complicated or difficult but there really is a purpose for doing that and it's for the best interest of your your plants and your best outcomes right so. yeah so you're, you definitely want to you know if you're going to put all the hard work in you want to grow a good healthy crop right um that's you know going to be uh, good and nutritious for for your family to yeah definitely and i mean we'll of course probably talk about gardening more oh, as yeah. the as the you know summertime <clears throat> comes up where this isn't going to be the last time that we talk about this but uh you know this time of year a lot of people are looking for some things to do maybe indoors or you know have some pl- extra time for planning mm-hmm. in the winter time when the days are short uh so we wanted to give you some food for thought so that you can go ahead and be thinking ahead to have you know your best opportunity for success right. success this year. and we may dive in a little bit deeper you know we talked about crop rotation and stuff we might mm-hmm. dive in a little bit deeper into those plant families and oh yeah definitely. the diseases that those yeah, mm-hmm. one might get over the other, but you know, and things yeah. like that. So, uh, might be some stuff we have, you know, for the future. Yeah, more exciting episodes coming up. So, uh, just as a reminder, our <laughs> episodes are now releasing twice a month. Woohoo! Woohoo! <laughs> um, on the first and the third Tuesdays. So, anyways, you'll find us again here in just a couple weeks. But in the meantime, thanks for listening to Growing Farms and Families. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's show. If you like what you heard please take a few seconds to leave a rating and a review on your podcast platform of choice. And in the meantime, be sure to catch our next episode on the first and third Tuesday of each month. Or in the meantime, you can find us weekly on Wednesdays at 7.35 a.m. on Scottsville, Kentucky's 99.3 WVLE. And always remember to support local farms and families in your community.